Hey friends, it's Shauna, your nerdy girlfriend and life coach from simpleonpurpose.ca. Welcome, friend, to the Simple On Purpose podcast. This is a place for you if you are a mom and it just all feels like too much. The clutter, the life, the motherhood, the relationships. I've been there. These are all signs that we're living on autopilot, that life is just happening at us rather than us being in our driver's seat, being proactive. Like I said, I've been there, and when I realized that I had been living my life on autopilot, I wanted to take control. I wanted to live on purpose. I wanted to take action and build up the life, the home, the relationships, the mindsets that I craved, the one that God made me for. (laughs) Because you are made for more than anxiety and reactivity and victimhood. You are made for more than that. So this podcast is your place. I aim to keep all these podcasts short and to the point and to give you tips and ideas and encouragement and insights into simplifying, slowing down, and showing up for your life on purpose. So I'm recording this podcast right now in an empty house. What, what? My husband took our three kids to his parents' farm for the weekend and he had all these chores he wanted to do there and he said, you can come with me if you want or you can just stay home. And I was like, let me think about that. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to be home. And I've been eating poutine in my PJs, watching TV in the tub at night. I've used like five dishes. It's glorious. I mean, I see the pictures of everyone there together and I'm like, oh, I really miss that. But this has been a work weekend for me. This has been a chance for me to finish something big that I've been working on. And that is a book, a workbook to help you in your homemaking. It's called Homemaker on Purpose. And this is the book for the person who says, I know what I have to do in my house. Like I know about decluttering. I know about cleaning, but how do I do it? (laughs) This is what I life coach on. How do I actually established habits and routines and where does willpower play into all of this and where does motivation play into all of this i get asked these questions in so many different forms so i'm putting them all in one place for you to just go to yes i'm clapping my hands i get so excited about this because this is how i did it this is how i became someone who did dishes without all the mental drama and who not only decluttered their home but started organizing their home and then started taking care of their home this is how i felt like i got control in my home without overhauling my whole life and i think this topic is going to also be reflected here in what we talk about today because i'm going to talk about small things how small things can change your whole life I'm going to talk to you in the first part about how I got there, how I got into the situation where I needed to start doing small things because maybe you're in a similar situation and when I was there, I didn't look for this as a solution, at least not until I was brought to it with some pain and suffering. So I was looking in my prayer book recently and I have this prayer book that goes back the past 10 years, which shows you how often I write in this prayer book. It's, I started it, 10 years ago when I learned I had Graves' disease and we were trying to get pregnant and my marriage was so hard and I just started going through this healing process and prayer was a big part of it. And over the years, I've just come back and written prayers in it, processed things in it. So I was looking at my prayer book and it was about five years ago. I had some prayers in there. I was at home with two kids, a baby and a toddler. They were born 16 months apart, not planned, (laughs) but we were fighting so much in in our marriage. I was so angry at my husband. I was resentful. I felt trapped in my home, in motherhood. I felt restless. I felt overwhelmed. I just wanted to be saved from motherhood. 
So I'm going to read to you a little part that I wrote in it March 2015. I pray that you will speak to my heart on the angst I'm feeling, clenching my jaw when I don't get more than five minutes all alone, literally. I'm overwhelmed by motherhood. I just want to be alone. I just want to get things done. This is just a snapshot of the time in my life where I really met God. Like I wasn't fully walking with him until I really needed him. And a little bit later, I read something else I had written at that time. Lord, only you have the grace to drown me in my own neediness. Because I had a lot of needs that I was trying to meet with other people and other feelings. And for a long time, I had this verse on my chalkboard. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Because nothing else felt like enough. Not enough time, not enough patience, not enough sleep, not enough compassion, not enough coffee. Grace was the only thing left to rely on, and God was telling me, there's enough of it for you. So this felt like my best option at the time. This felt like the place I could go to because I knew I just couldn't stay in the status quo because staying where I was was going to make my life so much harder in the long run. If I kept the victim mentality of motherhood, then I would never be empowered in being the mom I am. If I kept that level of anxiety in how I showed up in my home and family, then my home would never be that safe and peaceful place I wanted it to be. If I clung to resentment, then my marriage would have just kept disintegrating. I probably wouldn't even be married. If I kept wondering why my body wasn't functioning how I thought it should, like I said, I was struggling with this autoimmune disease, then I would never decide to take better care of it. If I just kept on doing what I'm doing, the status quo, where was I going to be in two, five, ten years? It was not somewhere that I actually wanted to go. So motherhood was the was the turning point. It brought me closer to the grace I needed from God, to relying on him, to letting go of all the control I was trying to have in the situation and focus on the control I had in me. So let's talk about something that's not really fun to hear. And over the years, I've coached myself on it, coached my clients on this. This is not fun to hear, but where you are right now is directly related to your choices the actions you have taken, the actions you didn't take, the habits you have or don't have, the mindsets you show up with, how you've talked to yourself, how you've talked to others, how you've cultivated love or resentment, how you've kept yourself comfortable or how you've pushed yourself to grow. They have all created your current life. Yes, of course, with the caveat, there are things out of our control, but we still have the power to choose how we react to it, what we make it mean, how we want to handle it. I am more talking about the things that we are unhappy with, things that we feel this tension on, the things that we would like to be a bit different because there is an opportunity for us here to become more aware of how we're responsible for it. And not to shame, because I've been there. It sucks to see how your choices brought you to where you are. I really believe we're all doing the best we can with what we know. And all of this is here for us to learn and grow and not to shame ourselves with. Because the good news, we can change the direction of this ship. Control of ourself. That's the bigger picture. That's the bigger key to shifting your life. Because that's all we really have control over. I'm sorry to report. We don't have control over our spouses or our kids or our friends or our parents or our siblings, but we do have control over us. So sometimes this means changing the situation. Sometimes this means changing our acceptance and the mindset around it. 
Sometimes this means using different emotions to motivate ourselves with. And sometimes this means taking a different action. Any of these things will shift our outcome. And taking ownership of any circumstances that we voluntarily engage in over our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own actions, they give us ownership of the results. I don't know about you, but I find that I was really looking at the world as the problem. What happened to me? What others are doing? What's happening in the world? And I was trying to make myself the solution, trying to be my own savior, control it, you know, manipulate it, um, worry about it, ruminate on it, stress about it. control it some more. I have come over time to view myself not as solution, but more as part of the problem. Because the experience I was having in my life was an internal one. It was depending on the story that I told myself about my life and how I showed up in it. So I am more the problem than the solution. That sucks to hear, right? But God offers a solution. He tells us to be transformed the renewing of our minds in Romans 12. Well, that sounds nice. How do we do it? For me, the first step is to pray for self-awareness. Seeing what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, how we're acting. Spend more time acknowledging what feels hard for us. Calling out these limiting beliefs we have. And you can go back, listen to episode 76 if you want a bit more on limiting beliefs. We can offer these up to God. We can ask him to transform our minds with the truth. He has the solution. He has other ways of approaching this, but we still need to put it into action. Because five years ago, God was sure working on my heart. You know what? The past 10 to five years, God was sure working on my heart. I knew that I had to pay attention to the actions that I was going to take from this place. So I put a new quote on my chalkboard. Do something today your future self will thank you for. And you may remember me talking about future self in episode 20. I wanted to show up for my future self. This was a turning point for me in deciding to live my life on purpose. I was on autopilot. Now I wanted to be intentional about how I spend my time, my energy, my days, what I'm thinking about, how I'm feeling. So I want to share a concept with you that I read along the way as I was growing my skills in taking action to build up the life that I wanted. It's called the compound effect. And this is a concept from Darren Hardy's book. It's the little things you do on a regular basis have the biggest impact in the long run. Okay, so like eating one vegetable a day will make me healthier. Decluttering one drawer a week will give me a simpler home in a year. Saying one nice thing to my spouse that can have a positive effect on our relationship if I did it all year. But likewise with the healthy habits, the unhealthy habits can have a compound effect on us. What we're doing can consistently take us further away from or closer to where we want to be. If I spend that extra $5 a day, I'm going to be worse off at the end of the year. If I just throw my mail into a pile on the floor each day, then at the end of the month, I'm too overwhelmed to even address it. And now I have a paper problem and an identity problem because I'm probably calling myself lazy about it. If I shrug off my husband's attempts at a hug or a conversation, then I'm slowly tearing down our relationship. I like to think about this as a ship. It has a destination it's getting to. It's a long ways away. So every single day, we adjust the ship a little bit. So when it crosses the miles and miles, it's pretty close to the right spot. The little adjustments matter each day. And remember, you cannot steer a ship that is not moving. You need to be taking action. 
So many moms I coach crave something different in their life, but they tell themselves they have to overhaul their whole lives to get it. I call this all or nothing thinking. If it can't be 100%, it has to be zero. (laughs) But what if I did 10% every day for a year? Did you know you will not just be 10% further, you'll be exponentially further. I'm not going to do any math, but this is just painting a metaphor. Because that little investment every day accumulates. Whether it's the kind words that make a relationship a safe and connected place, whether it's slowing down and meditating for two minutes that helps you grow the skills to become more accepting and calm in your daily life, drinking water each day that's going to keep your body hydrated day after day, reading a chapter of a book, building up this bank of ideas and knowledge, you accumulate knowledge, skills, habits, health, connection. It builds up like a savings account growing. And then that area of your life becomes easier. You feel more confident. It starts to feel like less work and you can move on to adjusting the ship in new ways. If you want a bit more encouragement on that, check out episode 70, where I outline three mindsets to help you get good at things. But I want to share with you some real examples that I've had in my own life. And I'm going to rewind about five years ago, Connor and I started writing down our goals every year. We use the Life on Purpose workbook now, but before we were just writing in a notebook. So I definitely encourage you to do that today. Like why wait? You don't need to wait for New Year's. Like just do it. So I have it in a Google Doc because I'm a super lady nerd. This is not a surprise. I have a Google Doc of um, all the past goals that we had set. So I looked back over these and I wanted to note the things that I did that were small that really made a big impact in the long run. And I have about 10 here. So the first one is appreciation notes. That's something that a marriage counselor recommended to me and Connor, where we write down what we appreciate about each other each day. The second one, water and stretching, Um, texting my bestie, spending time in prayer, reading books and podcasts that really fill me up and empower me, having coffee with my friends, saying no to purchases, having a weekly plan and daily planning, decluttering, obviously, meal planning. All of these things were simple. I didn't do them all at once. I didn't overhaul my whole life, but gradually over the past five years, over time, I've brought them into my life. They've made my life exponentially better and easier. And I've always got some I'm working on. So this year, here's some that I'm working on. Heading to sleep earlier, having more tea and less wine, setting intentional connection time with my kids, showing up here each week with you guys, a morning prayer time. Those are some of the things I'm working on this year. So some things, if you're like, I'm ready to make some small changes, here's some things to think about. Where are you now? What's working? What's not? What are you responsible for? Have some real talk, pray about it, get real with yourself. Where do you want to go? And considering where you want to go, brainstorm some little steps that are going to put you in that direction. Okay, then pick one. (laughs) Pick one, show up consistently with it. Feel the benefit of it. Feel your identity and your beliefs shift as you work on that. If you want some like brainstorming to do this, check out the live your value, live your values, live your values worksheet or the live your vision worksheet. You can get both of those free. I'll link them in the show notes or the life on purpose workbook. That's what we use. It goes through all nine areas of your life and it helps you break down goals and habits and create an action plan on when you're going to start them. 
And of course, if you want accountability and guidance, then sign up for the Life on Purpose coaching program I offer. It's different than the Life on Purpose coaching academy, which is group coaching, monthly coaching, where I teach a monthly topic and have weekly calls. I do have this available as a one-on-one coaching program if you're interested. If you're interested, it's there. But just do something. Just write down a little bit more direction of where you want to go and start taking one simple step that moves you in that direction. All right, ladies, thank you so much for joining me again today. I love to spend this time with you. As I said, I'm working on that Homemaker on Purpose workbook. I'm so excited to share it with you. And I really encourage you to join the Facebook group because the month of November, I'm going to go live every week and talk about gratitude. I mean, we all hear about it and there's parts of our life that we're like, of course, I'm grateful for blah, blah, blah. But there's things that gratitude is hard. There's areas where gratitude is hard. There's areas where we find ourselves complaining and having resent. What would change if you were able to bring in some authentic gratitude, not platitude, (laughs) but actual gratitude. So if you want to work on finding more contentment and gratitude in your actual life, I'm going to be going live in the Facebook community group on that through the month of November. There's a join link in the show notes. Make sure to answer the entry questions. And I would love to chat with you there. Have a great week, friends.